everybody. This is our podcast. This is Morrison here. <laughs> this is Jay Pollen for episode three. Uh, well, actually, probably technically episode two because our first one was pilot. Two, that's right. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to come in some kind of intro eventually, I guess. Um, I guess update on where we're recording from and how we did attempt to get a quiet room at a library. Um, turns out it was not so quiet very echoey and extremely hot so we're back in my car with the ac on i'm wasting a little bit of gas but hey i like being comfortable <laughs> uh, so we're going to continue searching around see if we could find something to produce Record. better audio recordings but um for now we're in the car again and um i'll bring my cable next time i forgot my <laughs> microphone to cable might have worked so, you um it's also a lot quieter in here you may yeah. hear some cars or car honks or something but um those quiet rooms were not quiet at all. We could hear everybody in the library, so I'm sure they could hear us too. Um, yep. But yeah, so we're in the car again today. Um, this podcast is probably going to be a little interesting. Um, I don't think we have a specific topic to talk about because both of us have had kind of rough weeks. Yeah. So um, I was joking with Jehu about it earlier. We were like, this podcast might be a bit of a trauma dump. <laughs> uh, so... Fair and warning. Every podcast after this. <laughs> Fair warning. Um, it might be a little bit more rambling than normal because I'm. We're just going to go through some. Well, I'm going to start off by going through some of the thoughts I've had and how I would have felt about that before, based on what I knew about church and how I feel about that now, um, et cetera. And I'm going to get Jehu's opinions on it. And then after that, if we still have time, we got a couple topics we might talk about. But. Um, it also makes these podcasts a little bit more interesting because this is going to be a little bit more personal, which I've always been comfortable doing with Jehu. But now, I mean, it's mainly just my friends that listen now. I'm sure some of your friends too. But if this, if anybody else ever listens, it's a little bit more personal. But um, so I guess I'll just jump into it. This last week has been really, really rough for me um, mentally. It's been a lot of... Uh, the, the term negative self-talk to me is interesting because when I hear other people use it and then I know how I negative self-talk, it's like other people talk about how they're dealing with negative self-talk and then some people start being like, well, yeah, I tell myself I can't do this even though I know I can do it and I get really bad and I call myself stupid sometimes and other stuff and I'm like, oh, that kind of negative self-talk. <laughs> puddle, puddle deep, <laughs> as I like to call it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I have a hard time like being like, classifying it because it's still negative self-talk um i mean it's kind of like there was a session once i went to about um it was actually at my church and it was really good just was not what i expected at all it was um it was a, just a couple hour meetup they were having some therapists speak it was a mental health like night to just talk about your mental health and how to do things and i'm like oh this is totally cool i'm gonna go to this i'm gonna like ask some questions and we'll figure stuff out and I, I go to it and there's a lot of people there and I'm like wow that's this is really cool mm -hmm. and then they start talking about how like to stay motivated when you're not feeling at your best and like what happens when you feel a little sad this day and whatnot and absolutely nothing wrong with that that's super important but I was like oh that kind of mental health <laughs> so it's like it's I, I guess again that's a little bit of a rambling but it's the same thing with the negative self-talk my negative self-talk has been um a lot more aggressive it I've also been my thoughts have been very hostile towards other people um mm -hmm. certain people in my life certain situations I've been in I won't go into details but uh it's just it's been very difficult dealing with certain people and so I have very hostile thoughts about them um inappropriate obviously uh but then it also like some of the stuff leads back to very hostile thoughts towards myself because i'm like how could i have been stupid enough to believe these people in the first place like how was i knew better i'm a freaking moron for doing that and then it gets into much worse than it does get into suicidal thoughts and other stuff um but the reason i bring that up is because normally i would talk about with, Jay, with this with jehu anyways and lead it back to biblical type of things the way I was before I found my church that I'm at now, um, <clears throat> because of my bipolar, this has always been an issue for me, but I didn't know I was bipolar when I was younger. Um, this is just how I was. And so it was very, 
I, I tell people I've always been connected with God. And in a sense, in that sense, I knew that these thoughts were not good. I knew that I should learn to curtail them, um, try and change them, try and be better. And But that is that was as much as I knew about based on my relationship with God. It was all the churches and the Christian people and everything else in the world. I literally felt like I was going to hell because of these thoughts. Like, I thought I was an evil person. I thought, well, I mean, if you've accept, if you've truly accepted God in your life, God fixes everything. Like, these would all just be gone. So I must not have accepted God. I must just be an evil person by nature. Like, there's no way I'm getting into heaven because how could a good person have these thoughts? And so I spent a lot of my life just accepting the fact that I was going to hell based on just inherent biological issues with myself that I didn't know at the time were biological. I thought they were all <clears throat> in your head, as my generation liked to put it. Um, so it was it was a lot diff more difficult dealing with it back then. And it had a lot of effect on how I viewed Christianity and God in general. I was angry at God because I'm like, you made me this way. Like, I... I didn't ask to be born with all these thoughts. Like, I didn't ask to be born this way. Like, and even after I got diagnosed, it was even more so. Like, I was born bipolar. So, what the heck's up with that? Why am I going to hell? Because I was born this way. Like, it was, it was really a horrible way to live. Um, but this comes back to what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And it's been really rolling around in my head this last week because of how I've been feeling. And it's like... Is it bad to think this way? Yes. It, it is. Um, it's even, again, even if you took God out of the picture, it's not healthy to think about people that way. It's not healthy to think about myself that way. It doesn't lead to a very good life. But now, because of the church I'm at now and the way I'm learning about Christianity through everybody there, it's like this is where I was saying that the I accept my sin. Uh, because I do consider this sin, and I will separate it from their sin, like the lying we were talking about last week, that I've just, like, you know what, that sin, I'm going to do it, I've accepted that I'm going to do it, and I probably should do it. Like, there's that type of sin, that's a bad sin, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, but then there's sin like this, which isn't, in my context, isn't, like, bad, it's just... It doesn't match the original path. I think I've talked about that before, where sin is simply anything that deviates from the original picture God had for us. And so you can think of this sin as like, it's unhealthy and it deviates from the original path. But now instead of where I used to be like, I'm a horrible person, I'm going to hell. I'm more accepted as a part of who I am. And I try not to dwell there. I try and take my mind to other places but at the same time I don't feel like I'm on that treadmill anymore I don't feel like I'm yeah I'm in a horrible place right now yeah I'm having a bad time but I'm not it would be even worse because I would beat myself up about being like that and now it's more like okay I know this isn't good for me I'm gonna accept it for where I am right now because I've been through it before and I'll be through it again but I'm going to work on not staying here. I'm going to work on my ask Jesus for help. I'm going to ask for strength instead of hiding from him because I'm such a horrible person. I'm going to ask for the strength to help get me through this again because I've fallen again and I need help getting back up. But I don't feel judged anymore for lack of a better word. And so it's still a conflict within me. Because I've, I mean, I've got my whole life of the other attitude. Mm -hmm. And then this attitude is fairly new. So there's still... It's a learning curve. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's basically what we've been... Like, what does Jesus expect of me? Like, I don't know if you've ever felt like that or if you want to talk about that at all or anything. But that's basically been my last week and why... I've been struggling with a lot of stuff. It's just a lot of really, really negative self-talk, um, a lot of hate towards other people. And I don't know how to deal with that entirely yet. But I've only recently started feeling that the past 
34 years probably. <laughs> Recently. It took me a second to see what you did there. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. I mean, that's that's the scary thing is, is it's hard to talk to people about this because a lot of people are like, you know, like you said, they're like, oh, you know, I told myself I couldn't go to the gym today and I feel bad for negative talking. I get excited on bad days going to bed knowing I might not wake up. Yeah. That's how deep that goes. You know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. it's and I don't mean to compare, I don't mean to downplay someone else's no, We're all at different levels. Yeah, someone else's problems, but it's just it's 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 a lot harder when you, you know, you're driving your car and you're like, Oh just I could just turn right off this cliff, you know? Yeah. It's hard to talk about that stuff. And it it lately I've like we've talked about it, it's been a feeling of being stuck. Of being like nothing is happening. And what does Jesus expect from me is is a constant struggle. Because in my head I kind of know, but then I'm like, is that what it is? Am, am I doing the right thing? Um, I don't know. I'm constantly bombarded by social media telling me what to do. <laughs> you you know? are. And so it, it, and in a sense, it's, it's different belief systems telling me like what I should do, what I shouldn't do. And the easy route, which anybody would say is read the Bible, pray, you know. Yeah, but what do you do when that doesn't feel like it's working? That's, that's the question that a lot of people don't want to talk about is... I get mixed messages, you know, if, if I pray, I, I've, I've had friends who said I prayed about it and then I saw a social media post about it and it made me think this is what it is, you know, I'm like, that's great. I've done that too. And then I get two different responses. I'm like, I don't, I don't know which one, you know? Yeah. Um, and are those even responses or just, are those just is, is, yeah. circumstance and we just take it the way exactly. we want you know, I've I've prayed about things where I'm like, you know, I have hope about this or something, and then I see glimpse of hope, and I'm like, oh, that's what I, there it is, that's what I needed, and then I see glimpse of disappointment. So I'm like, I don't, what what are you trying to tell me? You know, what is this? What's going on? Um, yeah, anger towards people comes and goes for me as waves too. Um, there are days when I'm perfectly fine, where I'm I'm centered in the love of Christ, if you want to call it, and there are days where just lucifer comes out you know for lack of a better term it's just that i i don't have the patience i don't want to and it's a constant battle for me too of i've always been the good guy i've always been the patient guy and so like there are days where i just like when is it my turn to be mean when is it my turn this is why i talk to you no is it it, no but it's it's when do i get to have my villain arc you know what i mean And, and but it, it's scary. I don't know if it is the same for you, but it's scary for me because I've, a couple of years ago, maybe, I would say like maybe 15 years ago. Just um, a couple. <laughs> I did, I did, I do remember saying screw everything and just doing things my way. And it felt empowering. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It felt empowering. But I knew that deep down that wasn't who I was. And it was like almost like a character that I played. Yeah. And eventually that character kind of took over and, and I was like, oh, this is. This is cool. I got everything I want because, for lack of a better word, I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I did. No, sorry, go ahead. No, and, and it was just, it's hard not to go back to that kind of mentality. It's hard to, it's hard to have your your heart soften. You know, I joke around with a couple other friends that um, I prayed to be humbled after that phase. I prayed to not ever have to go back to that because I really did lose myself. A lot of, you know, if any of my friends listen they'll know who they are who i treated really poorly and uh and i'm lucky that they're still around occasionally (laughs) but um i really hurt a lot of people and i remember i remember saying this isn't me i need to be humbled and something happened to me i don't remember what it was that really really humbled me i think is when i i think it was the first time i found out my ex-girlfriend was having an affair and i think i think that really like humbled me I was like why did this happen I thought I had control I thought I was the I thought I was the main character I thought I was you know a superstar (laughs) and that really helped and I remember praying and then I remember the people that came into my life after that completely destroying any image I had of myself and I don't mean that in a bad way I mean that as in they would call me out on things they would say but you do this but you do that and I think you were one of them actually 
which I'm forever grateful for. But um, I still joke to this day that I'm like, you know, I prayed for, I prayed for these people, and then they're here, and I've never felt more, or I've never felt less. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a good way. I've never felt less prideful, less, you know. But there are there are just some days where that that character comes back, you know. And it's there's a lot of suffering when you do good that a lot of people don't like to talk about. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of there's a lot of lonely times where you you do the right thing, but it it feels like you're the only one doing the right thing. Yeah, feels like everyone gets else gets a pass. And I, I hate that. <laughs> Especially when you're surrounded by non-Christian people that do whatever they want all the time. Yeah, I mean that's like, a topic in of its own. Yeah, no, I do remember. I, it's it's weird. We're always so similar. I did have a phase. I've told a couple people about this, where I was just like, you know, I, I see how everybody else is manipulative. I see how other people do things certain ways. And I did that. I started manipulated people. I started, like, just curtailing. I wasn't necessarily evil, but I twisted people to get what I wanted. And it was easy. It was super freaking easy. But I kind of went a different route than you. It made me super depressed. Like, it actually made me, I was like, it's this easy to control people. It's this easy to be evil. What the heck is the point of humanity? Like, it, this was back again before church to me was corrupt and immoral. And then you had the regular world that was so easy to manipulate and be this horrible person. But I couldn't be that person. My connection with God, for lack of a better term, better term, it just made me depressed. Yeah. Like, and it, le- it does lead me back to now, what I was originally saying. Some of my negative self-talk, like just be that person and you can get whatever you want but I know I can't be that person either and so I don't know when we talk about negative stuff knowing that I'm saying all that stuff to myself knowing that um, I do have some analogies or metaphors or whatever you want to call it that I've been thinking of this week which I'll bring up but I'm really curious because we talk about this with you too and you have these issues now that you're hearing it from my side instead of hearing like listening to it in your own head hearing it from yourself what kind of advice would you give me like hearing it from the outside it's 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 hard because it's like asking someone who's drowning how to reach the surface (laughs) how to reach the surface it's hard you know it's it's really hard because here's the thing I have given thousands of people the same advice that I do is tomorrow will be better. All you have to do is just be able to go to sleep, wake up tomorrow. That's the bottom part. And yeah, go, wake up tomorrow and trust me, it'll, things will be better. I have eaten a meal and gone to sleep and then things have gone better. Which I'm sure is biblical because I, I remember a story like that. But I, it, I have felt better, I'm not going to lie. But existential crisis comes out of nowhere. You know, <laughs> and there are weeks where I'm fantastic. Last week I was doing great, not great, but I was doing fine, you know. And then this week I'm just destroyed, you know. And do I feel better when I pray? It feels a little bit like I, I let go of something that I can't control, but it doesn't go away. Yeah. The feeling, the feeling of dread doesn't go away. That's the, my problem this week. Yeah. The feeling of you know, things are going to get that's not promised yeah things could get completely worse oh and that's what I tell people all the time it's like God says he'll give us what we need but if you read the Bible there were a lot of times what people needed was a lot worse than what they thought it was it's like the getting better is not always guaranteed and I think my problem right now is I read the Bible every day I do pray all day every day like I pray for the strength and you hear all the time like through God anything is possible and you it's in the Bible too like rejoice in your suffering etc like but it's like yeah that's great to read that's great to hear but how do you put that into practice and what does that mean if you can't do that 
like, am I a failure as a Christian? That's part of what's been going through my head this week because we've been talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. what does he expect from us? What are we supposed to do? And it's like, and I can't help but feel like a failure as a Christian because I can't just like, in a sense, not shake it, but like, it's again, it goes back to that old mentality. If I truly accepted God, wouldn't all these feelings be gone? But again, at the same time, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't know. It's it's a big jumble mess in my head right now. Like, one of the analogies, which will lead to a funny part in a minute. Um, if, you read, but, if you read a lot of the, the Old Testament and stuff, um, you start to see that a lot of the people that God chose were very much the same, in the same mentality. I can't do it. Who am I to do it? Yeah. And a lot of people like to chime in on that. Like, look at, you know, look at Moses. Look at Jonah. Look at... And that's great. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. But these people were like... The way I'm talking to you, we're talking to God. Yeah, I know. I talk about that sometimes. It's it's fantastic, but we don't have that... I don't know. I mean, again, this even sounds blasphemous to say, but I don't have that... I don't know how to say it without sounding mean or sounding (laughs) just, I don't have that like connection with like, he's talking back to me directly as if I'm talking to you. Yeah. Anybody can say, you know, there'll be signs you'll see, you'll see. And I, I've seen it myself. I've experienced it. I'm not going to lie. It's just, it's hard to wait for that response, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's in the most arbitrary way that you get it. It's never, Hey, here's a zoom call from God, you know, telling you what you got to do or what's, and I think the point out is that, you know, it says rejoice in your suffering, but it's hard to rejoice in the suffering knowing that that suffering comes back almost every week or that it will be back mm-hmm. in the next two weeks. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we have to go through isn't, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, we're stuck in a routine and sometimes we can't even change that routine. Let's say your job is your stress. Let's say your house is a stress. How do you, how do you fix things that you can't fix? Yeah. How do you rejoice knowing that it's not temporary? That's that's the that's the hard that's, part of it all. That's my struggle right now. That's the hard part of it all. Is it, it's it's not easy to rejoice. The know? majority of my problems will last for quite a while longer. I know this. There's no way out of it. Yeah. That's one of my biggest struggles right now is that I know there's no way out of it. It's just that's how it is for quite a while now. So, which I mean, it's it's of my own doing. So part of it, you could be like, well, but again, that's where I come back on that. Like, you were an idiot. What the heck were you thinking? Not just with this, but just more recently, too, with actually trusting people and believing in people. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't believe anybody because before I found this church, like that was a huge thing for me was trusting people. It's, um, I remember I talked to one guy at church was talking to me and he's like, I get that that's how you were treated in the outside world, but you've seen the way we are here at church. Like, shouldn't you be feeling different about it? And I'm like, dude, I have 34 years out there saying that things work this way. And this was when I was first starting going to church. I'm like, I have like a year, year and a half saying that it works differently in this one little spot. Which one do you think wins in my mind? Like, that's not a hard debate. 34 plus years, one to two years here. Like, of course, I'm going to always have the hard time trusting. I'm going to, and then I opened up and trusted. And for a lot of people at work, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people at church I absolutely love. I think opening up and trusting people was great. But there's other people completely backfired on it. And it's just like, so I beat myself up about it. It's like, you knew, you knew, why did you do this? So I don't know. And again, it comes back to like, I don't know, is just people like just trust in God, just ask God, trust them, have faith in him. It's like, yeah, but I don't see it. I think that's like, the problem is, is I don't think I don't trust God. I don't think, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's not that I don't trust God. Is I trust God. It's just, what do I do while I'm waiting? You know. And there are a thought we can Google a thousand sermons right now that said do what you do in the waiting. And it's to be honest with you, it's motivational. Yeah. It's, hey, don't give up. Hey, remember that you're being refined. Hey, but and I'm like, that's that's great, but none of it is practical. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, you know, if it can take 20 years for me to, to, to get what I want or, or what I need in my life, what do I do while I'm waiting for that in 20 years? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm going to be depressed. Yeah. And then the problem again is in that waiting, I'm losing myself because I'm not hearing, you know, anything. Yeah. If, if, if I didn't call my mother for 20 years, she'd be like, my son's dead. Yeah. My son doesn't care about me. He doesn't love me, you know? And I think that's, for for a little context, I've been, I go on TikTok a lot, which is not good, <laughs> but I do get a lot of uh, oh, non-believer questions and, and stuff that I see on there. And some of that makes sense where it's, you know, if you never, if you have never heard God, if you have never experienced God, if all that you have as an experience is, you know, judgment and turmoil, for lack of a better term, how do you know? How do you know that's even real? Yeah. We we touched a little bit before this podcast on uh, cults and stuff. I don't know if you want to touch on anything else, but I I got that analogy I'll bring up in a minute, but yeah. But it, it's it's when a lot of people say, "Hey, or I'm a I'm a big fan of murder mystery, uh unknown, unsolved mysteries, people that have survived cults, things like that." So, I watch a lot of those shows. And a lot of the, the, the people that bring up Christianity as a cult, it's hard to debate that because there are some similar aspects to it. And I think there's huge differences in them. For example, I mean, at least the churches I've been to, none of them have tried to keep me in there <laughs> or try to le- uh, make me live in a compound or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the taking money from people, telling them how to live their life, the leaders not practicing what they preach abuse sexual abuse sexual harassment those are things that happen you know and so it's hard to sell in a sense the love of god when it's been wrapped up in a in a in a yeah in a blanket of uh what what do you look oh i'm looking up the definition of a cult in a blanket of uh, insecurity and and harassment for like you know what's the definition yeah uh, well, the definition on here is a, solic- a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. That's like just about any religion. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, um, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Um, a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Um, interesting. This one just says a small religious group that is not part of a larger or more accepted religion and that has beliefs regarded by many people as extreme or dangerous. I mean, honestly, you could, by, a, you could even say that's denominations, though. Yeah, like. By this definition, a lot of the churches I've seen, if you take out the part that it's a non-mainstream church or religion, it's a lot of churches I've been to, so they're not wrong, technically. That's, that's what I mean, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. You know that one cult that happened in the middle of the country where... They were raping a lot of women. Sorry for using that word, but I hate that word. But, you know, sexually harassing a lot of women, blah, blah, That's not going to happen in my church. That doesn't happen over here. You know, it's, it's it's hard to think about that, you know? Yeah. It's hard to sell church as a system where people are going to look out for your well-being. Instead of just like, hey, why don't you just go to the woods and praise God by yourself? Yeah. Without yeah. having to intervene for, with other people or intertwine yeah. with other people who are by nature... Corrupted. I do like the way this one defines it. It says, typically authoritarian and headed by people with near complete control of followers. Mm. As in, controls every aspect of their life. You have to follow it in order to be a part of that group, etc. So when Which, I, again, fits some of the churches I was going to I have seen, there's a there's very good series on, on Hulu about cults like that. And... I remember talking to my friend about it, and I said, every time I've watched an episode of this, it starts out fantastic. It's one man, very humble, feeding his community, trying to create a community where they can help the com- the other community outside of the church. 
And then as more money comes in, as more power comes in, boom, corruption happens. And it always has to do with something sexual. Yep. Always. Money and sex are the two biggest things that I've always seen that go, boom. That It completely changes the guy. He, can, he gets aggressive. He gets uh, very authoritarian. And it, it, it's like clockwork. It's like, hey, we're out here trying to fix our community and feeding the hungry. And then, boom. Mm-hmm. Always. It never it never changes. So I'm always like, how do we know that at, at a certain level of power, and what level is that, that anybody can do that? That is something I've discussed with people at church before. Like, what happens when you get too much money? What is too much money for a church? What is too much influence for a single person? And I don't know what is too much. You look at mega churches, and they spend a million dollars on a sound system. And I'm like, a million dollars, you know what I could do with a million dollars for the homeless or even just, you know how many student debts you could, well, actually, that's not a lot of student debts, depending on who you look at, but yeah, I mean, you get what I mean. Like, you can do a lot with that. But then again, you look at these mega churches and how many people are they reaching and whatnot. So I don't know. The whole cult thing, I think, which is interesting how we switch topics, but also still kind of relevant, I think. Um... The whole cult thing is like, there are a lot of churches I have been to. There's even one church I absolutely think was a church for the devil in disguise. (laughs) Um, 100% believe that. Um, But I guess the only thing I could say is that we're humans. We're inherently flawed. Without a checks and balances system, which your church should have... It is more than likely going to become corrupted. And the one thing I would say about that is that is not inherent to church. Yes. That's in politics. It's in sports. It's in acting. Oh, God, in Hollywood, it's horrible. Like, you're going to go and say that, no, you can never watch a movie again because Hollywood is corrupted. Good luck. Like, yeah, it's like you're never going to listen to a radio ad again or any kind of music or anything else. I think that's where it comes to, when it comes to people with churches, and I can't get behind it because this one was a cult, or that one did this, or this person did this to this child, it's kind of like, I don't know, it feels to me like they want to try and put all of humanity's problems on a religion, rather than people, mm-hmm. when if you take those people out of the religion, and they got that much money and power and influence, they still would have done the same thing anyways. And you see it all the time. Like I said, we see it in sports. We see it in Hollywood. People will be quick to ban all of religion because a few people acted that way or some mega churches acted that way or a couple cults acted that way. But you have no problem like just listening to the next song that is absolutely trash about people just degrading women and men and like whatever you want it's cool but hollywood's i would say like this is just personal opinion but the ratio of corrupt people to good people in a system i would say the ratio is a lot higher in hollywood and sports than it is in church absolutely like (laughs) so you're gonna sit here and bash on church but you're gonna go watch your favorite sports team this weekend like so i don't i don't and honestly, we're sitting here saying that cult could apply for a lot of churches I've been to. Cult could apply for a lot of sports fans I've known, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they, some of these people get pretty serious about yeah. sports. We're going to start banning sports because of it? Like so. That's the thing. And, and I know that we're two Christian men. Uh, sometimes, at least I think so, sometimes I'm bash, I bash my own or question my own. You know Christianity or my own beliefs. I question it all the time. But I will say to to my atheist uh, listeners out there that if you think that like oh well if I had that much power if I had that much money with the congregation I definitely would not you know control them or I would not uh, harass them or do anything. Be careful. Be careful. I've seen some people in smaller scale say they would never do something like that. Only to turn around and do the exact same thing yep. the minute they get a little bit of, you know, power or a label or some sort of title, you know? Checks and balances. I've seen it happen all the time. 
all the time in small doses and, and I'm like this is this is again this is a human problem mm-hmm. this isn't a, a you know Christian atheist it's a human issue and, and it always seems to happen because I think about it all the time I'm like if I had a church if I had a congregation I would never spend the millions of dollars the way they do I would I would and, and I'd like to believe that I would but I'm always I'm almost like God don't put me in that position because I don't you know what if I don't what yeah. if there's that slim chance where I mess up and I'm like looking at a million dollars and I'm like, man, I could use that for X reasons or, mm. you know, I could, I could, oh, there's that, I have power. There's that girl that I like. I could cheat mm. on my wife. I could cheat on my significant, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you never know. Well, I've, seen it, I've seen it happen all the time. Again, checks and balances. No one person should have that much power. Yeah. It's, uh, and I mean, that's biblical too. That's, um, I'm going through Kings right now. God warned them, no, don't have a king. Like, this is not going to work out well for you. I am your God. You, yeah. That's all you need. They're like, no, 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 we want kings. We want one person to we have want all a king that power. just like everyone else in the country. Yeah, yeah. And that one person got that power, and wow, did things go downhill real quick. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, no, it's, I think that would be the biggest problem is with any church that doesn't have checks and balances, that has the one person or a few people have too much authority and control over what happens that's that's where it becomes a problem i like the way my church does it we're a bunch of small communities governed by a larger community is the way it seems to me i'm not going to actually speak for the church because i'm not involved in the inner politics and everything else but when i look at it from what they're transparent about and everything else it's like a larger community having one central goal passing that goal down to smaller communities and then the communities work it out amongst themselves. And so I like that way of doing it because then no one's got complete control or authority. Each individual church has its own power, but it also has to listen to an overall arching voice. That overall arching voice doesn't have too much authority over how much each church decides to give its sermon and its way of doing a thing. At least that's the way it seems to me. Again, I'm not going to speak factual about it. That's just the way it looks to me. Um, but I do believe that's how it should be done. I believe that's how most things should be done. And I believe that's, from what I see biblically, that's kind of how it's done is in the, from what I'm reading so far of the Jewish scripture, history, the Old Testament, whatever you want to call it, there was a lot of that. It's like, okay, here's these people that control this, branch that power down to these people, and then branch that down to these people. And it even worked that way in the family structures. You had the main person speaking for the family, and then there were all the heads that would speak for the smaller portions of those families. And then, like, they break down into the family, the tribes, the little thing, whatever. Like a board of directors. You call it. Yeah. yeah, like, so it's, I don't know. I feel that's how a church should operate. That's how everything in the world should operate for the most part. Yeah. It's a checks and balances system. That way no one can have too much control and no one becomes corrupted. But I believe that is why, no, yeah, that whole corruption thing is a, I saw that in a lot of churches. And again, for me, it was really easy to see right from the get-go. Like you could, I don't know, I can just read people better, I guess. You could tell when a pastor was just, no, I could tell when a pastor was full of it, when a pastor was like, I'm like, no, that pastor's in it for the money. That's what oh, they're yeah. in it for. Yeah. Like, or that pastor's in it for this, or they're doing that, or these people are... They're up in here on Sunday, but then during the week, they're all out there just being hooligans. Like, and, just... and and I don't know, I don't understand. And this is for any, to be honest with you, this is for any type of belief system. I don't understand why, I guess the reason why the people heading that belief system get so much crap is because they're out there saying, I guess, judging? Or they're out there saying, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. But... You know, it does talk about that in the Bible. I think um, James, I think it was James. I'd have to go research it, but I think it's in James. He's speaking. Uh, he basically says something along the lines of, "Don't claim to be a teacher unless you're really prepared to be a teacher, because teachers are held to higher standards than everybody mm. else." And that makes sense to me because a teacher is the one that's telling you what you're supposed to be doing. And if they can't even do what they're saying that you should be doing, why should you listen to them in the first place? It's almost like if you go astray, you're leading the entire congregation But astray. how do you do that knowing... How do you hold that person to that position knowing that everybody 
I guess, sins every day. How do you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm like, if, if I see, if I see my pastor struggling with alcohol, I'm like, damn, that sucks. I should say something. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, but that, I, he has this struggle. I have my struggle. How am I supposed to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, no, I guess some of us deal with, I guess my only retort to that would be that some of us deal with certain struggles better than others. And that comes back to where I was saying there's worldly sin and godly mm-hmm. sin. And there's going to be some sin among teachers that can be lenient upon. Um, if a pastor's struggling with alcohol, for instance, um, is that bad? Yeah. Does it set a bad example? Yes. Is it necessarily harmful to the congregation? Probably not. It depends on how bad his lifestyle gets because of it. But if, uh, pastor as going around and sleeping with a lot of different members of the congregation or underage members of the congregation. Oh, obviously, yeah. That That's pretty harmful to the congregation. Like, so that, you would be like, no, sorry, you're out. We can't, we can't have you doing this. Like, so I think there's, again, yeah, there's a higher standard for teachers and I think there should be. Oh, absolutely. But I also think we should also understand that they are still people too. Absolutely. And so some, we work with them where we can. So there's a Hillsong documentary that I was telling you about on Hulu. Yeah. Where the main pastor gets uh, fired, for lack of a better word, because uh, he had incriminating texts where he he was having an affair with his uh, with their nanny, and uh, was also having an affair with another woman outside of his marriage, and he was fired. And, you know, usually in those documentaries, you hear about it, they, they, they kind of slander him and they do all these things. And I'm like, yeah, he should have been let go. You know, he was, he was doing something outside of his marriage that he shouldn't have been doing, you know, and it hurt his wife and he was, he was a lead pastor. Great. But I didn't expect this for him to come out in that documentary almost towards the end and be yeah. interviewed about it. Cause usually those people hide. Yeah. Usually they're like, oh, we reached out and he had no comment or he didn't want to. He was there like for half of the documentary and I don't, I hate, I absolutely hate what he did, but the fact that he came out and said, I, I, I hold myself responsible for what I did and I, and I will, I will forever till the day I die have to make up for that. Um, I thought I was like, man, at least he's like honest with himself, you know, at least he's honest, yeah. like, Hey, I'm human and I messed up. Yeah. And it's hard not to have graces with someone who said like, yeah, I, I did do that. Yeah. No, that's again, that's that's what Christ-like behavior is. You repent and again, can he be a pastor in my opinion? Well, I mean, I don't know his exact situation, but depending on the level of your transgression, it doesn't matter if you repent or not. Sometimes you just can't go back to what you were. And that's fine. And, but at but, least he had the, yeah, you know, the courage to do that. Exactly. And as our, as a Christian, it is then my calling to also be forgiving. But I guess what I'm implying what I'm saying is that just because I forgive them doesn't mean that they can go back and have their position back Absolutely. necessarily. Absolutely. So there's a little bit of like even if you repent, there's still accountability. There's there. forgiveness, but there's there's consequences. Yeah. Right. So I mean Yeah, no, the whole cult thing is difficult because like I said, I've been to a church that I swear I could feel it. It was a front for the devil. 100 percent i mean like it just so many churches like that oh i will never forget that feeling i felt in there the way they were just yeah no oh i i i I will say to our non-believer listeners it's it's really i would say it's unfair and really biased to attack people like that who have fallen even in faith and maybe it's because, again, they're teachers and they're held to a higher standard. But I'm like, there are so many people that are non-believers that fall like that every mm. single day. That's, and I don't hear media stories. I don't hear... You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I'll agree with you. I... Again, my past, previous... My pre-church life, um, that was very judgmental too. But I will agree with you there. I judgment. I judged both religious people and not religious people because let's face it Christianity is not the only religion that yeah, does that absolutely and that's because it's humans that do it yeah 
So just like it applies to sports and Hollywood and politics, it also applies to other religions. Like, so I, I will say I was and still probably am very judgmental of a lot of churches and religious things. But I'm no more judgmental of that than I am any other system in the world. Absolutely. Like, Just so, keep your logic consistent. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't get, I can't support people or condone people that only have that mentality when it comes to religion. Right. Like, I get you were hurt. I was hurt too. Like I said in the beginning of this, I spent most of my life believing I was condemned to hell just because of the way I was born. Like, yeah, no, I get it. I've been hurt. But why focus on the one, why single out the one target? Like, the whole world's like that. The whole world yeah. is... It's almost it's, lazy, to be honest with you. Because I, I don't go around looking for, you know, for lack of a better word, atheist people that have committed atrocities to... Yeah. And be like, look, see guys? Well, you know what it might be now that we're talking about it, and I've never really thought about think it it's before, a power too? Thing? Well, it's also imagery. I'm thinking it might be imagery. If somebody in politics screws up... They're not condemning you to hell while they do that. Like, condemning somebody to hell is a strong imagery. Like, there's a lot of emotion. politics and is the right one, though, because politic, political people always say, you know, it, for example, it, it's the immigration issue. This is why we have yeah. so many crime. And then they go and commit, you know, I don't but know, that's not money quite, fraud. <laughs> but that's saying these people are doing that because they're this issue. It's not saying, well, you're going to hell because you're different. Than it's a lot. I. Yeah, I get that. Like, it's a much more targeted, personal, personal and heavy. Yeah. Calling you a thief just because of the color of your skin. Yeah, that's horrible. But compared to telling somebody they're condemned to, a, condemned to an eternity of fire and torture because they don't agree with you. Like, I guess that would be gives you a strong reason to focus on that. I mean, that's that. kind of what we talked about last week, right? Where it's like the, the whole anxiety-inducing thing of just yeah. the fact of what it is. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. No. I get that. That I'd never thought about that before. There, I mean, there's a lot of strong imagery and a lot of attack that comes with it. So maybe that's why people get a little judgmental about it. But yeah. I don't know. I still think... I mean, I was attacked with that. I was condemned to hell but I still held everybody in the world at the same standard like so I guess I could see why that might be a possibility but at the same time it's like no I went through the same crap so yeah. no I, I don't defend that yeah. like I don't know um I definitely feel this has been more like a normal rambling we have <laughs> yeah, for uh, we still have like 18 minutes which so I'll wrap back to my first because we started it with the whole negative self talk and whatnot and I mean I don't want to dwell on that too much but that has been the focus of my week but since I've been dealing with that negative self-talk I've been also been thinking about like what is Jesus expectations of me because again people are like just believe in God this will all be healed this will all go away like you'll you'll be better you'll be saved and I don't feel like that so again what like am I failing as a Christian what's the expectation here and I was thinking about like the way Jesus taught and the word expectation itself, when I think of an expectation, it's putting, like, it's putting a reasonable goal on somebody. I guess goal would be the right word for it. But it's it's saying you are required to do this thing that it was within your means. If it's not within their means in the first place, it's a failed expectation directly from the beginning. But when you have the word expectation, it inherently applies an or else. I mean, you, your parents, when they leave and they're like, I expect those dishes to be done and the room to be clean when I get home. Or else there's There's an inherent or else there. Yeah. Like, and the or else is usually a punishment. Right. Or a downgrade or some kind of negative... I expect you to get this many goals in the soccer game or whatever. I expect you to go out there and win this. If you don't win it, you lose it. And now you feel like crap. Like, anytime you tell somebody, I expect something from you, it's pretty much a requirement. Right. Like, you have to do this or there's a negative consequence from this. 
Like, we even, I expected better from you. That in itself, it's a very vague statement, but it's a very negative, right. like, that is a very targeted and negative statement. Like, so just the word expecting something in the first place. And uh, so, like, I'm really, I was really like, what does Jesus expect of me because of the way I'm behaving like right now? Like, does he expect better from me? Does he demand better from me? Like, because I know this isn't the way I should be thinking. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's in the Bible. You shouldn't. But then again, you were pointing out Solomon. Who was it? Solomon has tons of paragraphs or passages where he's just feeling down and there's a lot of them and I mean, whatnot. Like so, I mean, even Adam hit on Gideon, who was like told how many times, like, "Hey, you'll you'll defeat the army, no problem. I'm telling you, you're gonna do it." Still doubted, <laughs> still depressed. Um, you know what's so weird though about that is. We're, it's like you said earlier uh, we're struggling with our own and we're still trying to battle and get over it these people were having a literal like conversation with god and they're still doubting it like you know i, I have to wonder if like god were to just like pop in front of me right now and be like why are you guys sitting here complaining about but this that's you the know thing. it's gonna be better but that's the thing is like, is okay i will say this is the thing i i have several non-believer friends who would say if god literally appeared to me in front of me right now and said I'd, I'd be I'd ready to go yeah I'm re- I mean you would, I was like you would listen you would like you would like, yeah I would live my life the way he would want me to because he's saying it and so for lack of a better word I think it's a little bit like cheating when God is literally speaking mm-hmm. to you in the Old Testament versus well, us reading a book about what God said you know to, no offense but yeah yeah well that's part of my question for myself is if he showed up right now and told me this is gonna pass. You're gonna do this, 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 and this. Would I actually listen? Like, would I instantly be like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be great," or would I be like these, like, what Jay Gideon? Or yeah, would, what, would I be like them and still doubt it, even though he? I mean, true. It's a good question. Like, because this is how I'm built. So, like, would it just magically fix it? Even if he came here in, like, direct face to face and told me, would it actually fix it? Because I'm still built the same way. Like he's not changing who I am. Would we just... would we then doubt? Was that really Jesus? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I would like to say maybe yes for me because I'm someone who loves to see a plan before it happens. Yeah. So if I if I got shown a roadmap of what was going to be, of course I'd 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 feel a little better, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I might have the same. Doubts. I guess that's true. If I knew what was at the end, I would probably feel a little bit better. But I don't even know what's at the end. All I know is that I have to endure this long. And then maybe something will change. Maybe. That's I don't the even prob- know if it'll change. That's the problem with me is the, is the maybe. Yeah. And that's where faith comes in. But it's hard. It's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's what if the maybe isn't what you want? Or what if what the maybe want? is just five more years with the same? Exactly. Like, I don't know. But... So to wrap it back around, when I was thinking about we are Jesus, not leaving this podcast less depressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Maybe we're gonna make more people depressed. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. This is the last episode. <laughs> okay. Um. So again, when I was out, wrap it back around the way I was thinking about Jesus, I was picturing like imagine you're out in the forest. It's like for whatever reason, you're in the middle of the forest. Put yourself in old times. You're out hunting. You're whatever. Or y'all camping now, whatever. You're in the middle of a forest and a forest fire catches. And I mean, if you're in the middle of a forest fire, you're probably screwed. Yeah. Like, you're probably going to die because you can't outrun the winds and whatnot. Like, but then imagine, like, Jesus is there with you. Jesus, there's a big difference between how you tell people to do things. I never read anything that Jesus was like, you do exactly what I'm telling you or I'm going to throw you in that fire. Like, mm. I don't remember reading anything about that or hearing anything like that. All Jesus ever did was like, look, there's a path out the forest. People would come to him and ask him, like, how do I do something? What's this? And he would say, look, there's a path. If you want to make it there, this is the path you follow. And so there's a big difference between saying, I'm going to throw you in there if you don't do what I tell you to do. And if you want to make it, these are the steps you have to take. Like, and when it comes, like, the entire week, that's what I've been thinking about. And this is where I'm going to come to the horrible, stupid, nerdy, the way my brain thinks about it. But when I was thinking about it, I'm looking at this analogy in my mind, and I'm literally picturing Jesus standing there, and the first picture is just literally him, like, you didn't do what I said, and he picks somebody up and throws them in the fire. And I'm like, nah, that's not Jesus. My brain works like this. It actually pictures things. Like, that's not Jesus. 
And so I'm thinking about what would Jesus actually do? And I just picture Jesus standing there on a little mound or something, and he looks down the path and he just points and goes, this is the way. And so my stupid nerdy brain is like instantly, Jesus, the original Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's literally how I phrased it in my mind was just him standing there pointing and going, this is the way. Like, and as horrible and nerdy and stupid as that sounds, I feel like that's literally how Jesus taught. He never told us, do this or I will do this to you. He always, every story I've read, everything I've heard has always been, this is how you get there. How do you explain this Jonah? This is the path. Um, Jonah. That's a good one. Which one's Jonah? Jonah was the, the whale. whale. Yeah. That wasn't Jesus. That was God. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and there are, I did make that, well, I mean, Jesus, God, you know what I mean. I'm, I was going to go uh, there. <laughs> I was about to go there. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, especially when it comes to the Old Testament versus New Testament, there's a big difference before Christ and after Christ, right. uh, which could be an entire podcast in itself. But I thought you were going to bring up other examples where, like, he did get angry at people. He did, like, yeah, there's several tell them, people yeah. he didn't. But, again, when he was, from what I've heard of those stories... It was never, I'm going to throw you in that fire. It was more like, you're not going to reach that safe path because you're walking into the fire. Like, And again, that's a big distinction between how you tell somebody something. Right. He never, in my mind, when I'm thinking about it, he never picked those people up and threw them in the fire. He saw them walking into the fire and leading other people into the fire. And he was yelling at them, you're, like, you're not going to make it there. You're not going to make it on that path. You're going to be consumed by this fire. And your children and everybody you're taking with you will be consumed by mm -hmm. that fire. But he was never throwing them in that fire, if that makes sense. Right. So that's the way my brain's been trying to process it this last week. Um, I don't know if that's still fully in my mind. I've still been really negative and whatnot. But... I have been trying to keep in mind, like, Jesus, again, those expectations when I question if I'm failing as a Christian because I should be more positive, I should be more cheerful, I should be whatever. Um, it's, again, I look at that and I see myself falling and he is picking me up and telling me this is the way. Like, he's not... That expectation, he expects me to fall and stumble. I don't know. I wanted to ask you about that because it's hard. It's hard because I'm I I have been on several paths like that where, you know, I'm I'm a stubborn person and, you know, this is the path, but I keep stumbling and then my mind goes, how many times can I stumble before Jesus gives up on me? You know what I mean? That always leads to that is how many times yeah can I keep messing up and doing the same thing and living the same life and and it's tough. I don't I don't know. What happens if we do keep on the fire path? You know. Yeah, I guess that's where you would say that's the hell is like, I guess, again, that analogy we were talking about before, what is hell? Like that would be, I am choosing to walk into that path because I'm not walking this path. I don't know. It's hard for me. That's the analogy I've been thinking of because it's been what's making sense for me this last week. Like just because it, I, I don't know. I keep wrapping back around to the same thing. It's hard for me to be like, why do you feel this way? Why do you have these thoughts to other people? Why, like, that's not the way Jesus wants us to be. But I will say I am able to handle it a lot better now because I don't have that same condemnation I used to have. Mm -hmm. So it's weird. I don't even know if we made any sense in this podcast or this episode, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's going up. <laughs> I'm just... It's been a rough week, like I said, um, so if it's not as informational or as entertaining as the other ones, I apologize, but this is kind of the raw Jehu and Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, this is how we normally, I wouldn't say normally, but sometimes we get deep, and I mean, obviously we could go into a lot more stuff, but it's an hour now, literally almost an hour, so I guess we'll sign off. Um, if we want to talk more, we can record another session and just put two episodes up if two we episodes want, up. but... Like we said before, sometimes we'll, we're trying to keep it a little bit less rambling because we want to keep it to episodes. Some weeks are more structured than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we'll go three hours talking because we don't really know what we're saying. We're just trying yeah. to contemplate things. And I don't think I solved any of my issues right now. 
But it gave me stuff to think about, so I don't know. Hopefully it gave you all something to think about, too. Yeah. Anything you want to close with, Jaden? Whatever you're going through, don't give up. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> ironic after everything we just talked about, but it's, all we can do uh, is just move forward. Yep. Continue to try and be a Christ-like person. Yeah, it's tough. Some weeks are so, tough. Yeah. We're only human. <sighs> all right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the next one, then. Bye. Bye.